Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is Thursday, May 18th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. It is Thursday, so you can see the lovely visages of Bill Curlick and Mark Porter. We bring you the best Ohio State podcast you can get for free on the internet. Don't cost nothing. Lots of stuff to talk about. These are your recruiting gurus for the state of Ohio and elsewhere. And we're going to get into it heavy today. First, I wonder if we're going to have to start every podcast like this up until signing day. We are legally obligated to discuss Jeremiah Smith and his recruitment. For those who have been under a rock, Jeremiah Smith, arguably the number one wide receiver in the country. He is verbally committed to Ohio State. Um most rankings have him atop the national tally for receivers unless they are biased for nefarious reasons. Brian Hartland has been all over him, and he obviously committed. Now, as Florida recruits are wont to do, our guy has taken visits to Miami. He recently visited Florida, as you can see from the picture adorning this podcast. He is on the sideline at Florida. It's a big enough deal that they had photographers there. But Fireman Bill has to come on and put out the fire every time this happens because it's usually the same answer, and we're kind of doing this as a public service. Bill, if Brian Hartline and Ryan Day and Corey Dennis all are at Ohio State next season, will Jeremiah Smith join them pretty much 100%? Uh, he will, uh, unless something crazy happens that I don't anticipate. And, you know, I think the best way to put this is I, I talked about this in my chat yesterday is that, you know, sure, you you would prefer that, uh, that Jeremiah Smith or any of your commitments don't visit other schools, that they totally shut down their recruitment and don't look. But realistically, that's just not the way that all guys do things. Um, and as you mentioned, Dan, he's a South Florida kid, and they take visits. Um, he has said on record many times, and I agree, I believe what he says, is that uh, he's taking these visits just to make sure 
in case something were to change. And things do at times change in college football. Coaches leave, they get other jobs, they go to the NFL, uh, you know, they get fired in some cases, and so on and so forth. And if anything happened that Ryan Day were to leave Ohio State or um, – uh, for that matter, Brian Hartline leave Ohio State, or both of them leave Ohio State, he would not want to be caught off guard having not done his homework. So he's visiting these schools and checking them out. But he said many times, as long as Coach Day, Coach Hartline are Ohio State, that's where I'm going. And and, and I believe that he's totally serious about that. Uh, obviously, Dylan Riola, the one-time Ohio State commitment. Mark, you did a great breakdown of him. We've done breakdowns of Aaron Nolan, who's in the mix. We've even done breakdowns of Jaden Davis, who we will discuss, who's going to Michigan. But Dylan Rayola committed to Georgia in the last few days. Will that be his last destination? We don't know. He likes to choose colleges. But do you think that has any effect on Jeremiah, Bill? High State has Aaron Nolan. I think that's all that needs to be said. Uh, Jeremiah is very happy, very happy. He was lobbying literally lobbying for Aaron Olin to, to be in the Ohio State class and the, and the Buckeyes go after him and all. So, yeah, he's very happy with Aaron Olin. Georgia is in a potential uh, – it's very similar to Ohio State, a Drew Aller situation here where the number one quarterback in the – by some people's account, Nolan, um, is in the state or you have someone that good, and they went out of state to get him. So that's the Penn State vibe. So we will see how that works out. Uh, we'll probably be back. We will probably be back on here talking about Jeremiah Smith and another visit at some point. But the rumor, and the vibes are that Florida, Miami, and um, Georgia are in the mix. If dominoes fall, and those are dominoes we do not expect to fall. All right, Bill. We did not talk about this in the show uh, prep, but I want to get to this, and you guys can both chat on this. It feels like there's been some developments um, and momentum when it comes to Elias Rudolph. Can you bring us up to speed on that, Bill? Yeah, I had an article, um, I don't know, a few days ago, I guess, on, on Bucknuts. Uh, he's coming back to Ohio. Um, that's the plan. It's in the works. Uh, he, um, uh, They've made contact with Cincinnati Taft, letting them know that uh, the plan is for Elias Rudolph to play his senior season at Taft High School. So, and I had been kind of beating that drum for quite some time. I said, you know, keep in mind that uh, Elias Rudolph may be back at Ohio State. Um, or I, I'm sorry, Elias Rudolph may be back in the state of Ohio. Uh, certainly he could end up at Ohio State too, but he may be back in the state of Ohio um, and at Taft, and that is in the works. Uh, that's the plan. And uh, I think that will, um, um, as his coach said, uh, he is a great chance that he will be back at Taft High School, his coach at Taft, Tyler Williams. So expect that to happen. And if you look at uh, the final five schools for Elias Rudolph, they're all in this part of the country. He doesn't have a Florida school in his final five. It's, you know, Ohio State and uh, Penn State, Cincinnati, Michigan, you know, they're, they're all in this part of the country. So it makes sense that he would come back and play his senior season at Taft High School. To me, that's definitely a positive for Ohio State. You know, you, you want the kid here in Ohio rather than Florida playing his senior season. 
Mark, based on what you've seen in the offseason, you still have Rudolph close to the top of the edge rankings for Ohio guys if he joins back in the fold? Yeah, he is the number one edge rusher, one of the top guys in the country. So it's easy to say he's one of the top guys in Ohio. And after having just been at Cincinnati Taft last week and watching their entire team work out, yeah, look for them to make a deep run in the playoffs. They have a quarterback now that can make things go, I think, through the passing game. And Jaquan Bostick, he's one of the top two-way players in Ohio. He's a big-time receiver, big-time defensive back. I want to say they have five other Division One players on that team. So it's it's there, there's a strategy I want to say with him coming back. I think there's a a plan Taft has. Tyler Williams, you know the former running back at Colerain, he went to Cincinnati. He's got things rolling. This is like his maybe third, fourth year there, Bill, and that's usually when you get your seventh and eighth graders that you build coming up through there. So not to digress into Taft football, but there's a reason Elias is coming back to play his senior season there. And it's going to be fun to cover some of those games because they're going to be star-studded events. Bill, you mentioned it's five. If you had to say who you, who you really think is in the mix, who would it be? Well, I've had him crystal ball to Ohio State for quite some time. So uh, there's an old saying in recruiting, follow the visits. And um, he went to, I think, three Ohio State games last season. I believe that's right. Um, and I think he went to maybe one Cincinnati game. And I think that's about it. So I think uh, Ohio State, Cincinnati will be there. And I don't count out Michigan. I think that uh, they'll, they'll probably uh, make a strong pitch. The interesting thing is he has official visits scheduled to Michigan one week. And then I don't necessarily think it's a coincidence that the following week right after that official visit to Michigan is Ohio State. Yeah, that would be a bummer if they didn't get Elias Rudolph. That said, I'd be shocked. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's touch on some more quarterback chatter. Then we'll take a break and go local. Um, Aaron Nolan and Jaden Davis look like they're going to be – I don't want to go too deep on this, but we've had at Ohio State our quarterbacks have some had some hook to another dude um, – in some respect in the fact that, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were Georgia natives who battled it out. And then uh, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, it's been chronicled how well they knew each other and then battled it out. Could it be an Aaron Nolan, Jaden Davis deal now, given that one's going to be at Ohio state, one's going to be at Michigan, two Southerners, Georgia and South Carolina, respectively. They worked out in front of each other recently, also in front of Cooper Patagna, who is the one of 247's like scout types. And while Jaden Davis is rated higher than Nolan right now, in true Aaron Nolan momentum fashion, Patagna came out and said he would rank Nolan higher if he could do it today. It does seem, Bill, that uh, do you think the burst of uh, – Momentum for Aaron Nolan is related to Ohio State taking him and Ohio State having such a good rep with quarterbacks? Or is this just a case of a guy kind of blossoming? I don't think it hurts what you, you're talking about there, that uh, Ohio State and the reputation at quarterback. But uh, the bottom line is when you go to evaluate somebody like Cooper did, you evaluate on what you see. And what he saw, he liked a lot. And I'm not surprised. Um you know, Aaron Nolan has, you know, he's, he's not the, 
the stoutest of builds, but he has a really strong arm. He's mobile, uh, accurate. So I'm not at all surprised that Cooper reported what he reported. You know what? Just to capitalize on what Bill's saying, I just watched a bunch of quarterbacks at their own high school environment. Mm-hmm. And you have nothing to compare them to when they work out. So when you see two quarterbacks make throw and then the next one throws and you watch them for a whole day, that that apples, the apples thing, you can decisively say who's better, who's worth. Uh, I, you know, Ryan Montgomery, I, I've watched him as an eighth grader at the Toledo camp. I watched him yesterday. What is it? Two, three years later. He's a different human being right now. I mean, he's got a chest and shoulders and he's big and he's strong. It's like, what I saw two years ago doesn't even exist and it's irrelevant. So, Dan, you said blossoming at this age. Yeah, it's blossoming. It's, you know, you kind of committed. But college coaches were saying the same things I am. It was and uh, Grunkenmeyer at Olentangy was the case in point. He went from about 170, 180 pounds to 190 pounds. And that 20 pounds transformed his power, his, uh, you know, core ability to throw the ball. And it was a different human being. So when, you know, analysts like this change rankings, people shouldn't be shocked. That's the, the process of this uh, business. Kids are growing. Ask Bryce Young what he'd like to do for an extra couple inches. He, I got that picture of him with the Carolina offensive line, if you've seen it, he looks like a toddler out there. Uh, so, you know, like you, these, these, yeah. things, these, these evaluations constantly evolve. You know, Kyler Murray's looking huge compared to Bryce Young right now. Not to totally diverge there, but digress. Uh, I'll tell you what, and I'll digress for a second here. I don't care what anyone tells me. Every single Panthers fan saw that clip and went, O.S. Yeah. Now, he, may, he may turn out to be a great player. but when you, you, First of all, the, what's funny about the tape is you can't see him when he's taking the snap. He has to clear the sight line of the guard, and you're like, oh, my God. Anyway. It, it looks like right young. The worst possible case for the kid, I give him that. But it's it was still kind of uh, – it looks like Bryce Young has a 12-year-old son, and he let him take a snap behind center just for the heck of it one day of practice. It, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch or interesting, yeah. as, as it were. All right. Uh, and just to echo uh, what Mark said there about apples to apples, let's all remember at the NFL Combine, uh, CJ went in there, and there was, like, questions about him and stuff. They got to see everybody throw in person, and CJ rocketed right up to the top where he should have been because of the way he can throw the football. So – there isn't you hear you will hear people say uh, the way the ball comes off his hand. And it's true. In person, you can see that. By the way, this is one of the reasons people geek out over Quinn Ewers, because when the ball comes off of Quinn Ewers' hand, it does that like soccer velocity dip. Um, usually uh, hopefully it goes to the right person, but it does look <laughs> great coming off his hand. Uh, so let's uh Dan, real quick before you take a break. There's a reason that Corey Dennis and Ryan Day insist on seeing quarterbacks throw in person before they offer a scholarship. There's only been one quarterback that they have offered a scholarship to without having seen that quarterback throw in person. And that quarterback ended up not being the guy they wanted. Uh, You got to see him throw in person. You, You get a lot out of that. You really do. For sure. All right, let's take a quick break here at the 1420 mark. Come back and go crazy on the Buckeye State. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, we're back. Mark, your wife not psyched because you rarely spend time at home these days. You're on the road. Um, I gave up trying to figure out where you were every day until you contacted me. Um, I once heard a Warren Sapp say that he was on the road so much he would wake up at a hotel and call the front desk and ask what city he was in. Not quite that bad because we know you're in the state and you're driving yourself. But take us through yesterday and the last few days who you've seen. There are some guys who are very interesting. Uh, one guy that we've heard a lot about and haven't seen a lot of, Mark Nave, uh, Carter Lowe. So give us the latest from, I believe it was your Toledo sojourn. Yeah, yesterday was the Toledo venture, and it, it certainly is a Groundhog Day experience. You wake up, you do the exact same thing. You go to the next school, you do the exact same thing. So the repetitive nature could get old, but some of the exciting stops for Buckeye fans, uh, one of my first stops that was exciting was the Ryan Montgomery stop at Finley. Uh, he put on pretty much a private workout there for everybody. I mean, the college coaches were pretty much there to see him and a couple linemen there for D2, D3, but – uh, just as I was talking about earlier, the progress Ryan Montgomery makes is outstanding. And he's doing a lot of it in the weight room. Like, he looks like a man now. Like, he almost has a linebacker-type build to him now in his shoulders and chest where, you know, that's what you want to see out of these big-time Division One quarterbacks. That's what made Dylan Riola so special is he was so big up top. You know, his dad was an offensive lineman. They took that approach in the weight room. Uh, his brother Ryan's brother's an offensive lineman. He may work out with him every now and then, and he may pick up some of that, you know, grueling type because it looks like it. He, he's really looking good, spins it well. Uh, he's working on some fundamentals with his base and, you know, how to keep his base strong and, and bring his hips through. And I watched a lot of that. We have a great video, we'll show you him, but stock up with him every single time I see him. Uh, next stop was Toledo Whitmer. And they had a bunch of guys, and they did kind of a unique workout where the linemen worked out for about 10 or 12. Each position worked out for about 12 minutes. So we got to see Carter Lowe for a, a quick glance there, but he's absolutely enormous. You know, he looks like he's all a 6'5", uh, flat belly now. He really came off uh, mature. Like, as we went through it, some of the college coaches immediately said Ohio State picked the winner there. It was really, you know, a positive experience for him, but he didn't really – block anybody, do one-on-one. So it was a quick little peek at his agility, his quickness, and on to the next one. And just to digress into that, every high school has had a different take on how to work the kids out. We've seen seven-on-sevens. We've seen some teams wearing helmets. We've seen some teams do county fairs, uh, have lasers out the time in the 40. Uh, Toledo Whitmer didn't let their players contact each other. But we saw one-on-ones where guys were going physical at each other and banging. Uh, it didn't happen for Carter Lowe. Uh, last stop uh, with, for Buckeye fans was Mark Nave, the Toledo Central Catholic. 
I had an offensive line coach tell me he had him as an eighth grader and a freshman at his camp and said he had the bad body and, you know, kind of sloppy, but his feet were always amazing. The bad body's gone. You know, the baby fat, the, the chubbiness is gone. He, he has, I don't want to say svelte, but for a lineman, he's looking pretty svelte. He's got the nice flat chest going. Uh, watching his kick steps and stuff like that. And, again, he didn't really get physically with uh, contact, anybody with one-on-ones. They kind of blocked on bags and, you know, you know, kind of did some, I want to say footwork drills where they pushed each other around. But, you know, what are you going to do without pads on it? How much can I really look into it? So it turns into how do they look from the weight room? You know, that, that's kind of what I take away from it. And Carter Lowe and him, you could see that that maturity in their body starting to happen. Where if you've seen enough young linemen, when they're freshmen or sophomores, you kind of look at them and go, "Boy, there's a big baby face there." And I don't know if he's ever gonna. And now they're growing out of it. You can see the mustaches coming in the beard. So those guys look great. I have some great clips of those guys for us to share. Um, T three, uh, the O line camp I saw last week up in Avon. Some great clips to share there from Maxwell Riley, the freshman that was offered. Another great-looking freshman at Chardon. And uh, Will Satterwhite, the Akron Hoban offensive lineman. So big-time prospects we'll share some clips with. Uh, but I'll tell you what, the Ohio State guys, uh, a college coach whispered to me about Mark Nave. He may be on the field sooner or later. And that was just him working out on air and the quickness he showed where a college coach goes, he's going to be on the field pretty soon. So, you know, well, will he be right? I don't know. But – Positive comments, uh, plenty for those guys. You know, he hasn't been here long enough for everyone to really get geeked up here, but I really honestly believe that Justin Fry is going to make a huge impact at Ohio State and already has. The types, like I've said, that the types of guys he's going after, I just feel like they've really figured out what they want, um, especially with the offensive line. I mean, that was a source of much consternation here for about a decade where it seems like they just couldn't figure out how they wanted to go about it. It's very easy to offer Paris Johnson. Okay. I mean, he could, the move, they made a movie about the guy called blindside, but the rest of the guys, and when you're having to develop and, and choose guard over tackle in terms of versatility, I do kind of feel like they've gotten it down better now. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I talked to a lot of offensive line coaches and, one of them actually did a deep dive on the Armstrongs for me and talked about those guys and what he liked and didn't like. And he got into hip flexion, ankle flexion, uh, calf size. I mean, he really did a deep dive. And he really – he liked uh, Deontay a little better than Devontae. You know, I haven't seen too many guys make a clear – you know, but he thought that, yeah, Deontay was a little bit uh, more flexible, you know, when he got into that type of stuff, had a little more bend to him. Uh, I mean, when you're talking about an offensive line coach for 30 years that's picking out the finite differences – I'm a 17 and 18 year old, and, and it's helping me be a better offensive line evaluator listening to these guys. But uh, he talked about Justin Fry and the difference, and talked about Ben Christman, you know, how he's in the portal now, talked about Tyler LaRue and how he wasn't as flexible, didn't bend, bend as well. Uh, ben Roebuck, we brought him up and said, yeah, Justin Fry doesn't take guys that don't bend, you know, that aren't athletic, that don't get down in that stance. And Ben Roebuck got better and better at that, but it just wasn't as natural. It didn't. He wasn't always a natural bender where the Armstrongs were tight ends and athletes for a while. So they've been natural benders and natural benders for people who you know wonder what I'm talking about. Get down in the stance and squat down really low and let me know how easy it is for you to get out of that. A lot of people, a great evaluator waiter once told me, he goes, if an offensive alignment has to use his hand to get up off the ground, he goes, don't ever take him. If they just can't stand up and pop up like an athlete, 
you got the wrong type of athlete there. So little stuff like that, you know, with these bigger guys. But the, the Armstrongs are athletes. Mark Dave's an athlete. We got some great looking offensive linemen. And I think give them a few years to your point, you're going to see a type. Yep. Just like Brian Hartline. I think every receiver video I start off with Brian Hartline, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave clone. Here we go again. You know, so the type. I don't want to compare him to Hartline in terms of uh, proficiency yet, just because literally, and this is no doubt, every single big time receiver now calls Ohio State wide receiver you. It's not even an argument. I mean, if they bring it up. If you ask someone about Ohio State now, Bill, I've noticed they come back and say, well, it's wide receiver you, so dot, dot, dot. By the way, that's a good thing. All right. Bill, Mark, uh, Bill, you are hitting the road. You are headed up to Maslin. Give us an idea of what you might be seeing up there and what we can promise the people in terms of coverage. A whole lot of talent. Um, we've got a seven-on-seven on Friday evening at Maslin Washington High School, and uh, four schools participating, and uh, they've all got uh, pretty good uh, football resumes. You've got, obviously, Maslin Washington participating at their, their own seven-on-seven, seven. and you've got Cleveland Glenville, Pretty, uh, pretty athletic program there, to say the least. Great athletes. Heard of it. Uh, Pickerington North, of course, that is now home to Ohio State commitment, Sam Williams Dixon. And then you've got the previously mentioned Ryan Montgomery and Finley. Wow. So there's going to be some talent there, and it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Ryan Montgomery throw against some of the uh, secondaries that he's going to face, and I'm sure he's going to do well because he's really, really good. But I think uh, that's one of the things I'll be really looking forward to. So that'll be on Friday evening, and I'll be posting from there and following up with a lot of stuff on Saturday, obviously. Then on Monday, it's uh, one end of the state to the other end of the state. Monday, I'll be going down to the Cincinnati area, uh, Fairfield High School. Um, some of the schools that are going to be at that, Cincinnati Winton Woods. <laughs> Talented, very talented roster. Uh, Cincinnati Taft is going to be there. Mark's already talked about uh, five, six D1 guys at Taft High School. Elias Rudolph won't be there because he's not back in Ohio yet, but there's going to be some talent there. Uh, Westchester, Lakota West is going to be there. You talk about talent there, it's loaded. Uh, Mount Healthy, uh, Anderson, Society Anderson. So it's going to be a lot of talent on the field on Monday evening that I'll be at down in the Cincinnati area. And listen, there's a lot of a lot, like, a lot of prospects at these things, but keep in mind, there are definitely Ohio State caliber guys at these that you need to follow um, that Ohio State is all over. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I want to say that, that uh, Friday night, there's going to be at least four or five Ohio State guys. DeMar Witten, uh, Bryce West. Uh, you got Sam Williams Dixon. You got Luke Montgomery. I mean, and there's going to be a, more than that. And then even with, when you just mentioned the video I just uh, released yesterday, you know, Luca Gilbert from Lakota West, Jair Scott from Mount Healthy, uh, Chris Henry. I mean, it's murderer's row of the best players down there that I just watched last week. So Bill's going to reemphasize what I just saw. And I bet you he comes back with the same glowing opinion I have of some of those guys. Why do you see Luca Gilbert, Bill? Uh, the one clip I have of him doesn't do him justice. He, he really has developed. Uh, and Chris Henry, I, I can't get enough of Chris Henry. Like when the season starts, I'm going to beg to go cover Withrow game just so I can watch him go get balls. Uh, so he might be my most covered player next year. 
But yeah, yeah, that's a great looking uh, seven on seven. And hats off to the Ohio High School Athletics Association for letting these things to start happening, giving us recruiting nerds and geeks fun stuff to cover in May. I mean, if that was a football game in the playoffs you were seeing Friday night, that'd be 10,000 people in the stands to have those. And then you're going to go see it in May, and there's only going to be a couple hundred people there, most of them dads and recruiting gurus. Yeah, Mark, Mark uh, interesting, you mentioned Chris Henry. The two comparisons you hear with Chris Henry are Marvin Harrison Jr. and then uh, uh, Randy Moss. I think Mark made that one. Uh, Jesus, he mentioned? Yeah, being compared to two guys, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Randy Moss. Oh, my goodness. And, and, I, and I'm against hyping people. Like, I hate to hype kids and give them those labels beforehand. I... I'm, I'm a big, like, it just doesn't. But Chris Henry, with the skinny build he has and the way he flies around, if you watch the clips from last week, that one-hander he makes, it looks like it's Randy Moss. Like, if you superimpose Randy Moss running down the sidelines, his mannerisms, his body, and, again, Chris Henry's father looked like Randy Moss. I mean, he was a 6'5", just he had a couple years there where he was about to take over the NFL, so – it, it, the genetics are there. It makes sense. The anointing by me, I hate to do it, but yeah, it's it's been done, and I can't go back. And yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, two, two Hall of Fame receivers. You know, it's really as a high school eighth grader, freshman, sophomore, we're putting them in that rare air. A shame on us, but congratulations to him. Well, I mean, Marvin Harrison. If you bring it up on the boards, there we there will be people who say he's already. They think he's going to be the best receiver ever at Ohio State. And Randy Moss is usually the argument against Jerry Rice, even though it's obvious Jerry Rice is the best ever. So that's a decent comparison. It reminds me of uh, Jeff Van Gundy, who, who has said that comparisons are the thief of joy. Um, but I saw the worst comparison statement I've ever seen uh, recently from Chris Broussard, who, by the way, is an Ohio guy, I think. Uh, and he said that if Victor Wembenyama turns out to be as good as Akeem Olajuwon, he will be a disappointment. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay. I just want to move on from that. All right. Let's take wow. some questions. That's literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Literally. So, and so, so if I was to phrase something like if Chris Henry isn't better than Randy Moss, it's a disappointment. That's the type of, yeah. Like that's really going that above and beyond crazy statements. Yeah. Like, that's hot takery. That's, uh, yeah. jealousy, that's jealousy of Stephen A. Smithery. All right, let's do this here. Question. Come on now. There we go. From Darren Dorsey. Once again, fantastic first name. Dan and crew, can you cover this? Would Ohio State take an out-of-state guy over a local kid simply for the purposes of keeping a pipeline open, even if the local may be considered slightly better? You guys want to both take a shot at that? Bill, go first. Well, uh, they're going to go for the best player, the player they have highest on their board, period. Whether it be out of state, in state, if a kid is higher on their board, that's who they're going to go for. Now, you know, I think that they obviously want to keep the best talent in Ohio at home. And if uh, all things being even, they probably would rather have the Ohio guy. I know they would because there's a better chance he sticks around and everything goes well and all that. But uh, still, you know, they, they go by their board. I think actually the, like the inverse could be true where they would, yeah, take an Ohio kid that might be a little lesser because he's from Glenville 
or Lakota West where there's a pipeline there and they they trust that you like you're saying that our chances are good with the Ohio kid let's keep this pipeline happy rather than take a kid from out of state so inversely there may be a little bit of that but I don't even want to say that because Bill said it these guys are taking the best players and there is a cruelty to it when it comes to Ohio that hey if you're not it doesn't matter if you're from Ohio if you're good we still want you uh, where I think Tressel always had a kid or two from Ohio that, you know, yeah, he threw the bone to that. You know what? You might be uh, a lower Big Ten kid, but you're a 4.0. You're the captain of your team. You want a state championship. There's there's a lot of pedigree. Like, there were vibes like that sometimes. And some of those players actually would work out once they got developed at Ohio State because they were great football players. So, yeah. I only yeah. real quick mention, too. I've mentioned this a few shows back or whatever, but not everyone sees every single show. Shame on you if you missed any of our shows. Who's uh, that, Bill? But uh, uh, I was talking to a recruiter from um, a different, an out-of-state school, not an Ohio State recruiter, an out-of-state school, and they were raving about the job that Ohio State has done with the 2024-2025 guys in Ohio, they said Ohio State has been spot on with their evaluations of these kids in Ohio at an early point that, uh, you know, they, they they got on them early, they evaluated them early, and they have turned out right. And they were very effusive in their praise of uh, just the evaluation that Ohio State has done with those guys. And that gets back to Mark Pantone and his staff to get on these kids early and evaluate them early. And, and uh, other coaches from other schools have taken notice with the class of 2024 and 20, 2025. All right. Uh, as I look at the chat here, we are legally obligated to once again comment on you-know-who, Aaron Scott. Bill, you've talked about him ad nauseum. It has been interesting to me that there's been this rush of interest because other networks have uh, done their uh, copy of the crystal ball and put it towards um, Ohio State. William did that quite uh, a long time ago and has been resting easy. Not really, but Bill, (laughs) bring us up to speed. And then, Mark, if you want to chime in, we'll we'll wrap this thing up. Well, I think – Aaron Scott's recruitment has gotten interesting. And I've said for a little while now that he's going to end up at Ohio State or Michigan, uh, one of those two schools. The other visits, I, you know, he'll take them, I, I would guess. But uh, he's going to end up at Ohio State or Michigan. But I go back to – I crystal balled that kid to Ohio State back in October. Um, and I haven't changed the pick, and I'm not planning to change the pick. Uh, you know, some people now are, are talking about being more sure about – the things and all enough to crystal ball into Ohio State. I saw Aaron Scott play, I think it was fairly early in his sophomore season. And in fact, uh, Mo Douglas was telling me about Aaron Scott before uh, he said, this is going to be my next great player. And this was way, way back before Aaron Scott had hit any of the uh, radar screens. And I, I trust Mo Douglas very much so in his evaluation of Springfield. He's telling me about this kid. And and I so I went down before he had an Ohio State scholarship offer or much of any other scholarship offer, watched him play and came away and thinking, you know, as usual, Mo Douglas is right. This kid is really good. And uh, so I've gotten to know Aaron pretty well and all. Crystal bought into Ohio State very early, like I said, October. And, and I'm sticking with that pick. I think Ohio State wins out over Michigan. Marcus? 
Yeah, I, I mean, if Mo's an NFL corner, he knows corners. Like, if he's going to suggest one position on that field and you're going to rock with it, that's the position. Uh, talking to college coach, Aaron Scott is a dog. D-A-W-G. That's, that's the highest praise you can get. And he's not from Georgia. Yeah, and he's not from Georgia, yeah. But that's, that, that's an evaluation term that's not used lightly when you get that stuck on you. And that means you're a hitter. You're a tackler. You got the speed. You got the size. You're nasty. You're gritty. You're you're up at six a.m. Like when you get that term, yeah, uh, you can trust it. And, and it's almost like that's what I want in my starting lineup: a bunch of dogs. You know, like that you don't have to fire up and it just listening to college coaches kind of talk loosely like that. You 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 know where the game's being played. You know, he sticks his face in there. You know, mm -hmm. terms like that. You know, you, you really. Real high praise, you know, and I, I know we talk about him and I'm constantly repraising him. But like Bill said, if you haven't seen the podcast before, those are the terms we've been using for Aaron Scott. Straight out dog. Yeah, I tried to explain this to people and anyone who's played football before. This happens at every level and it's relative from peewee. And it may not happen at the pros based on the way practices. But when you're in line to hit and you start counting the guys that you're going to go up against. And you see one of those dogs and you say, your guy next to you, hey, dude, let me tie my shoe. Step in front of me right real quick. That's how you know it's a dog. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that happens at every level, man. I'm telling you, like, even among the NFL guys, there are some guys who are coming for your ass. Okay? So I'm a Cowboys fan. And I don't know if you know this. There's like, they have a guy on the team named Donovan Wilson who's a safety. He literally is trying to kill himself when he comes to hit you. And it is different. Then even Micah Parsons. Now, Mike, so I'm saying even at the college level and then the co it's relative. So it's not just size. When you look at the kid with the mustache when you're 13, that becomes who can hit. Go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say, and, and one step further, Aaron Scott's the guy in line counting over there looking to take out the other dog. Like, he's moving around because, yeah, I can kill him. I want, you know, he's looking for the other king, and he ain't going to miss when he goes for the other king. That's the, the high praise you get out of him. And that's what you want out of those type of players where, boy, they're literally playing with their life on the line, you know, and putting their body in harm's way. And that's where this, that's where this game is played at the highest levels, at, you know, and the, and the biggest moments, guys that are literally going to that place where it's, it's risky. Oh yeah. And it, what I'm saying, it's relative. You know what I'm saying? Like even at the pros, yep. even in college, there are some guys who are just a little bit different. Um, and that's a good way to end it. We got guys here who are different. We hope that podcast was different from any other you'll ever see. 36 minutes of Marconi-level broadcasting. We will be back next Thursday with these guys, and they will be out on the road between now and then. So it will be loaded with content. Keep it locked in to Bucknuts this weekend. As told, Bill will be on the road and reporting from Maslin beginning Friday night. <laughs>